Hey, welcome back. This is part two uh, to our very first podcast here at Abiding Life Studios. Uh, we're calling these things The Conversation. Uh, again, uh, our first discussion was about a question that a fellow named Gabe, who's really helped us out a lot, is what in the world do unique self, the idea of unique self, uh, personality, whatever word you want to use, uh, what what does that have to do with marriage? Does it impact marriage at all, or even beyond marriage, even regular relationships? And so, again, I want to remind you, um, I'm Tim Lester. Uh, for this broadcast, I'm sort of hosting a bit. Uh, I've got Noah Wells here. Hello. And he's from Abiding Life Ministries, as well as uh, Chad Salen uh, from uh, Abiding Life Canada. And Great so, to be here. Glad you guys are here, continuing with us. And so, the first part of this podcast, we, we really spent quite a little bit of time just defining the difference between thinkers, feelers, and doers. And again, if you didn't get in on that, I encourage you to go back because I gave some very practical, very specific kinds of things. Uh, Chad had some keen insights into that. And so <clears throat> so what we want to do now is really start off looking at what that looks like in an everyday relationship, whether it be marriage or regular relationships. What I'm going to ask Noah or Chad, either one, they're both going to weigh in, is uh, how does that get fleshed out in everyday life? And why, answering the question still, why would that be important in relationships to understand unique self and so on? I mean, I I would start off saying, um, um, just because um, I've heard from many people, um, you know, why why is it so important in this abiding message to talk about unique self, to talk about your temperament? And or personality, as you mentioned already, Tim, whatever word you want to use. Uh, we like the unique self because we believe God has uniquely made us, each right. one of us individually. And the importance in in, in having it, uh, having an understanding of it um, is this, and I share this in counseling with everybody that I meet with, to say, uh, let, let's take a marriage relationship, for example, mm-hmm. and, and, I, and I could use my own for an example sure. here. Um, I, I, have my, I have a multi-blend um, um, unique self. Which means, just for folks, that means he has a fair amount of all three, thinker, feeler, and doer. Yes. Is that in every situation? Uh, well, well, that's the challenge with my with my unique self is you, you kind of never know what you're going to get. I may be in thinker mode. I may be in my head. I may mm. be in feeler mode. Let's go party. And I may be in doer mode. Let's get this done. Okay. Should we worry right now about which one you're in? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's a challenge. I'm not going to lie about it. And uh, my wife is multifaceted, which okay. means, Tim? Well, it just has no idea. She's pretty even all across the, bo- across the board. Sure, her energy is going to go down during the day, yes. and she's not going to have as much energy as you're going to have yeah. with any of the things that you have. And so there's a lot more to that, but that's yes. certainly the way. Yeah, so we're we're both multi. It's just my wife's lower energy mm-hmm. on the thinker, feel, a doer, and I'm higher energy on yep. the thinker, feel, yep. a doer. And so um, so let, let, let's take a look at my marriage. So how is the unique self helpful in relationship? Why is it important to have an understanding? Why would I spend time um, um, you know, um, having an understanding um, to the unique self? Right. Well, when Tracy and I first got married... And uh, the highest on my blend is doer. Okay. And uh, and so doers like to talk things through, right? They right. they want to get it done. Let, let's talk it through. And also, I have a high amount of feelers, and feelers like to talk. Right. But for my wife as a multifaceted, her most dominant in that multifaceted is thinker. Okay. And so I would come to her <clears throat> conversation, and uh, and I would be talking with her, wanting to wanting to bring this up, and I might bring because the doers can bring about five or six things because they can handle that. Right. But right. the multifaceted, uh, especially or, or high thinkers, right. or thinkers in general, they they only want a few things because they have they're in their head a lot, mm-hmm. and they're going to be thinking, thinking, thinking. If you give them mm-hmm. too much to think about, well, they're eventually going to shut down because they're right. they're baked out. 
And so I'd be talking with my wife about something, and, and we'd be going on a subject, and eventually she'd just go quiet. And I'm thinking, the woman hates me. <laughs> Why won't she talk to me? The right. woman absolutely hates me. Because in my understanding with my temperament, you talk things through. Mm. But but I didn't understand that she was thinking. Right. She was in her head. Uh-huh. And so and so that's one area where the unique self greatly helped our marriage is because when that when those kind of things happened, I understand, well, the woman doesn't hate me. She's thinking. Yeah, one guy said to me once, and I really uh, like the way he put it, that that uh, he he his observation he didn't know anything about unique self but he was just talking about the personalities of different people and he said sometimes I think if I could just understand the way my wife is wired I wouldn't collide with her so much yeah, she said yeah, I feel yeah. like we fight over stuff that's not even an issue Absolutely. it's not even necessary things we disagree about you know oh, what yeah. I'm saying oh, yeah. so Noah how about you can you can you maybe flesh out some things that have to do with everyday life whether it's marriage or relationships where you feel like it would be valuable to know the unique self. Yeah, I mean, I think it's great to know your partner or even friends to know what personality they are to see okay. what, you know, I think I talked about a little bit ago that, you know, you have certain doer friends and you your feelings get hurt when they say certain stuff, mm-hmm. but they don't think anything of it. Right. And really, in return, you can say whatever to them and they it doesn't bother them at all. Gotcha. 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 Yeah, that's a good point. <clears throat> well, now there were, you were talking to us earlier about something, and I, and to be honest with you, I forgot because I forget things easily. You had some thoughts about uh, unique self, and just some questions that had kind of kind of put in your mind. Yeah, I had a question uh, for both of you guys. You know, when if a couple comes in to see you guys, <clears throat> and you have them do a personality test, mm-hmm. and they. You know, both of them are, uh, you know, not great for each other. Would you suggest they break up or um, continue dating or get married? Well, go, go ahead. Yeah, Take I think it away. I'll, I'll let you go, Tim, because no. I know you absolutely have some thoughts on this. It, it's a, Actually, it's a great question to ask, Noah, because I, I've run into this actually quite often. And, uh, oh, man, it, it, is there unique selves that that just shouldn't get married? Right, you're so right. opposite, or or or, or so um, different from each other that mm-hmm. you should never get married. Mm-hmm. Now, I will admit, and I think Tim, you would agree with me and Noah, that yes, there are some unique selves that are a little tougher. Um, um, you know, maybe a little bit more to work through. Let, mm-hmm. let me put it that way. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. There are some that that blend a little easier. That's mm-hmm. true. But we know the saying, opposites attract. Sure. Right? And I, I know I was telling uh, uh, you, Tim, we had this discussion this past week of this couple. And no, I think I've told you about them too. They were both um, um, 32. 32 is the number, um, by the way, when you take the unique self-test. It's the highest you can go. And they were both 32 on the feeler. And uh, I mean, that's off the charts, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, that is off the charts feeler. Mm-hmm. And then they had this thinker daughter, right? So, so everybody says, well, w- w- you should marry the same. Yeah, but here's the problem with that. They're both feeler. They may have got each other, but they had a daughter who was a high thinker who felt misunderstood her mm-hmm. whole yeah. upbringing. Yeah. She came to see me, or they actually brought her to me and uh, for some counseling. And for the first time in her life, she said, I, f- I felt understood. Right. Right, I feel understood for the right. first, and she just started crying. Somebody finally gets me. Right, right, and so and so th- there's an example, right? Because most people, like know what you were saying, say, "Hey, man, the similar people should marry together," but but I, in fact, I think I think the more um, different blendings you have 
in, in both a husband and wife, the better for the kids because you got more areas covered. Right. You got the thinking, feeling, and doing covered. But Tim, t- tell me what well, you Well, yeah, what, what and here's a couple of pieces of that. We're just piggybacking onto that, Noah, is uh, this. Uh, you told me earlier that you and your sweet wife, Shay, and she is, she is a sweetheart, uh, have both a pre- pretty high feeler components uh, mm-hmm. to that. And one of the things you guys were telling me, and you figured out a way to work around it, but that you both are, both are impulsive buyers. Yeah. And so you'll go buy something and go, oh, no, oh, no, and you end up what having we to do? take it back. Right. Well, I'm, I'm really glad that you guys have learned a way to work around that. But I tell you what, there's some <laughs> – potentially that could be a catastrophe because if you get two feelers together – or yeah. primarily feelers, they will. They'll, they'll be happy, but they'll be living on the street because they spit every dime they got. <laughs> and then, uh, you know, you get a couple of thinkers together. They'll have money in the bank, but they'll never be able to make a decision because they're just analyzing the thing into the ground. So that's so. what you're saying in terms of that there can be some real down, some downfall to, and then frankly, the, uh, to the whole idea of we're going to marry somebody just <laughs> like me, so we think about things exactly like and so on. Yeah, and so yeah. that's a problem. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, and here's another thing, and I'm you know this is not going to be a real popular idea, uh, but it is what we talked about. We've all talked about this before. We actually believe God's purpose in marriage is to squeeze you. It's one of the relationships. And and not even, frankly, just in marriage, but even in relationships that are not easy to do because they drive you nuts mm-hmm. with their differences. And not even that they're necessarily doing anything bad. Just a person's unique self can want to drive you. Want, it drives you to drink sometimes because there's such a different way they look at that. And what it does is puts us in a position, even if my mate is completely wrong, I have to go seek Christ about how to respond to them. If I, if I'm feeling incredibly impatient or frustrated with them, it drives me to Christ. And if there's any one thing that is a focus of what we do with the Body and Life Ministries, this is this: there's nothing the nearness of Christ can't overcome. Amen. Well, I got news for you. I love my wife, and she's the most incredible woman on the planet. But that lady is one organized lady. Well, and when I get to heaven, there's not going to be any organization at all. Everything's going to be laying on the floor. <coughs> uh, we're just—we're not going to have a schedule. We're all just going to hang out with Jesus, and He'll say, "This is what we're doing next. And this is what." We're doing. Now, I realize that's probably not reality, but if you talk to my wife, she's probably one of the most godly women I know, and I'm responsible for that. And it's not because I'm that spiritual. Yeah, I've yeah. driven her crazy, yeah. absolutely crazy. <laughs> uh, but so you see, you get what I'm saying? So I would probably say that I do not buy the idea that I ought to perfectly find this super neat match and we just think about things and feel about the same way and approach things the same way. just doesn't work out in life. Yeah, I'm so happy that Shay and I are different. Because uh-huh. like you said, it does when something, you know, frustrates me or something she does, it does bring me to Christ and mm-hmm. say, please... How do I love her? Yeah, you know. Yeah, yeah. Ma- marriage isn't so much to make you happy as as to as to you know reveal His holiness yep. in you, right? Yep, absolutely. Uh, you know, and I think that's a big misnomer today. And and uh, again, and and as I would say, uh, and I, I can't remember if I said this before or not, but I know what um, you guys have run into this well. But but I would venture to guess eighty five to ninety percent of marriage issues are a misunderstanding mm-hmm. of each other's unique self. Oh yeah. Which to bring back up Noah's point again um, is to it, we need to have an understanding of that because right. it greatly helps um, where the other person is coming from and and causes you to to caution on looking at them through your lenses of the unique self that God's given you. 
Yeah, and one more thing, though, relative to your question, I've, as, uh, and I've even heard you guys say you've heard this before, but uh, I had a fellow challenge me down in Texas. As a matter of fact, I was doing a podcast, and he said, uh, listen, aren't you guys pressing things a bit, making such a big deal out of this unique self thing, which was what you were referring yes, to earlier. And yes. I asked him what he meant, and it was a sincere question, so I appreciated it. But uh, um, he says, well, look, uh, Jesus never gave anybody any personality tests. And I said, well, first of all, Jesus was the master psychologist because all psychology is is the observation of people. Yes. And not only that, newsflash, <clears throat> the living God resided in his body. So the he understood exactly how to interact with people, work with them, point them to the Lord, and also to challenge them when they were getting cocky, thinking about that my way is the only way things ought to be done. So that would be my first thing. But uh, I, all we're saying is, is listen, if you don't want to do the unique self-test, don't do it. Yeah. If it doesn't serve as a simple tool to help you understand your mate and all that, well, fine, but I want to know what energy, effort, understanding, prayer. Uh, what are you going to do in talking to Christ to give you insight to work with your mate? Because again and again, whether it's with your mate or it's with other people, and I could give you lots of examples in working in churches, people never stop to consider that my opinion about this particular thing or my preference about this is probably driven by my personality more than anything else. Now, <laughs> You know, we were we were laughing the other day. The quick and easy way to dismiss what anybody says is just say, "Well, God told me it was supposed to be this way." Right? Yeah, yeah. God yeah. told me. And yeah. people often <laughs> do that based on their temperament, their unique self, rather than that they really sought the Lord. And I don't want to be in charge of who did seek the Lord and who didn't. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying that gets a it gets a little messy in there when you go there. And so all I'm saying, the unique self is just a simple tool that we utilize to discover what's normal for a person. And sometimes I have to admit, one of the benefits for me personally in understanding my wife's unique self is I'm, I am selfish. I actually think I'm right well, almost Tim, so, all the yeah. time. So, Tim, what personality are you then? Well, I'm a feeler totally in the social. So uh, if you give me on a Sunday morning, if all 500 people gave me a hug, I'd feel like somebody ripped me off. They should have given me two. Right. And I'm very impulsive. But people like being around me in a social setting because I'm the life of the party, you know, kind of thing. But when I get under pressure, uh, there was a time in one of the churches I served at that they, the uh, senior pastor left for the summer for sabbatical, and they put me on charge. They nicknamed me Tim the Gestapo Lester. <laughs> Because I was just so, I, I got so compulsive about everything being right. Well, that's what happens to me under pressure. I get, you know, if my name's on the dotted line, man, I'm pushing and I'm driving and I want every T cross and every, well, nobody could believe it because I've never been like that ever in my entire life. And so I really appreciate what Chad was saying about, you know, it depends on which person shows up and you better yeah. hope you can figure out which one it is. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. Okay. I think, you know, it would deem to have another discussion to you guys Mm -hmm. um, um, for another podcast is just the purpose of marriage then, Mm -hmm. you know, Mm -hmm. um, um, because, you know, we've been talking around that quite a bit. Mm -hmm. And uh, because I think a lot of people get confused around that, you know. So what is the purpose of marriage then, you know? I agree, because if we come into expectations... Uh, you know, the one of the big phrases people use all the time, the devil's in the details. No, it's not. The devil's in the definitions. Yeah, yeah. And if I have a definition of what mm-hmm. I'm expecting marriage is supposed to end up like, 
uh, I'm going to be in deep trouble if I'm wrong because I'm always trying to push the agenda that I came into the marriage with. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And again, we're not we're not saying the unique self. Uh, you know, for example, the profile test or the booklet mm-hmm. that we hand out mm-hmm. to people or people purchase. We're not saying it's Jesus. Right, but we're saying it is a helpful tool to understand how God has wired us. Yes, which greatly helps us to understand where the other person is coming from who doesn't look like me, because often um, um, what we find is I will judge your personality based upon my personality. Yep. Yeah, and that's the question I have for Chad is since you, you know, have a lot of doer in you, and I have a lot of feeler in me, is that. Something you would look at me and think, oh, I can control him a little bit more or, you know, do you think that kind of goes off of that or no? Well, I don't know that a doer thinks that. Depends how much thinker he has. Okay. It just comes naturally. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Right. All he's got to do is take a breath and he's (laughs) automatically... He's already... Yeah, because for a doer, um, a doer in the flesh, now we clarified those things in the last podcast, right? There's a difference. We want to express every unique self through the Holy Spirit, which stops the unique self from getting distorted, mm-hmm. uh, from getting miscued, right? Yeah. Um, and so the doer in the flesh, um, yeah, he wants to control, yeah. right? Because he, yeah. he, he has a plan. And he he has an idea in his head, but he needs people around him. So he'll 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 get you to work for him sometimes without you even noticing. He just got you to work for him, right? Right? Because yeah. he's a motivator, but he can bulldoze. Yeah. And and doers can get very belligerent and obnoxious in the flesh. And a feeler wants to make you happy too. So yeah. So I my question would be, and you just said it. So talk about it a little bit more. So when your feeler is in the flesh, in other words, uh-huh. not under the. And for those of you that didn't listen to the first part, listen to the first part. Uh, being in the flesh, not under the control of the spirit, means you're doing the way you're just going with what your normal flow is, and Christ's spirit doesn't have an influence at the moment when you're experiencing something. So, when your feeler is not under the control of Christ, what's that look like, Noah? We're just air out all your dirty laundry right here. Oh, right here? <laughs> <laughs> Why not? <laughs> Confession's good for the soul, I hear. Yeah, I don't know. I well, let me ask you this. Um, uh, I've noticed this, known you quite a while. Um, one of the things I've always wondered is, is I've seen you be very direct with people, very kind, uh-huh. but speak the truth to them. And and it really ministers to them and, frankly, sometimes challenges them. Mm-hmm. Well, I've seen you say hard things to people, but at the same time, be very kind to them while you're saying it. Well, I would tell you that at that moment, because I am a feeler, I don't ever want to say anything hard to anybody because I'm always afraid they're going to be mad at me. Right. And I may say it at the moment, but later on I'm just beating myself to death right? Uh, because I feel like I've lost a friend or something like that. But I've seen you be under control of the Spirit, and uh, it's been an interesting thing to watch because you'll say something hard, and the next minute you're comforting them, and I'm going, how did he just pull that off? <laughs> it's a gift, brother. Can, can I get it's that? A gift. Can I have that? Well, then, I, you know, in just in reflection right now, I'm saying, well, that's that's when your feeler is under control of the Spirit. You're not worried about people pleasing mm-hmm. because the Spirit has said no. Loving them, it's more important that you say what is true to them right. and stay with it, them to comfort them. And I tell you what, if I have to choose between a doer saying something hard to me or a feeler saying something hard to me, I'll choose the feeler every time because at least they'll come over and give me a yeah, hug after they beat me up. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's what the great thing about a Monty blend is I got a lot of feeler in me too. That's right. And, yeah. uh, and I don't like, 
and 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 to me, it's been a blessing in my life, and I'm grateful for it because it's tempered my doer. Right, right, right and right. and uh, it's a lot harder to take. I think one of the most misunderstood temperaments is the thinker doer, the doer thinker with really low feeler. Agree. Yeah, their, inten- their intentions are well, but because they don't have that relational connecting bit, they can come across as harsh all the time. Right. Right. Well, just one quick example I'd like to get from the church, if that's okay with you guys. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's, it's a classic one, but, I mean, this literally happened to me. I was at a church, and we were getting ready to um, um, uh, do some renovations on the building. This yeah. is years ago. Yeah. Now, okay. And they, it was more of a traditional church, and they had pews and all that. And so this this one group of people were pretty creative and all those kinds of things like that, and they wanted to give a feel of of life and vitality and change and all those kinds of things like that. And so this is what they said. I prayed to Jesus. We've looked at it. We need to get rid of the pews and put... They wanted to put this bright... It's kind of orangish, burnt orange, and then they had these weird color chairs. But, I mean, it was going to be like... It was going to be like an art studio in there. <laughs> but they they wanted to speak, and they they wanted to change the face of the building so it looks more like a plain building because yeah. people would think it looked like a church. And, you know, they and they had all kinds of good reasonings behind what they were doing. Well, it might not shock you to find out that uh, those were those were people who loved... Uh, most of them in that group at that particular time were these feelers that just wanted to mo- emote and feel, and, and I'm not, I'm not even mocking them. I'm just saying yeah. they wanted the building mm-hmm. to evoke some kind of a, a response from them. That kind of make thing. them feel good when they yeah, make them the feel building. good when they yeah. enter the building. Yeah, make them know? happy when they yeah. walk yeah. in. Yeah, absolutely. The other group, uh, this was their thing. Listen. We want the thing to be the blood red, the blood, the, the 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 blood of Jesus. So when people walk into this building, they're thinking about Jesus on the cross. Now I'm not mocking them either. Yes, I'm just saying that's where they want. So they had a whole line of reason to why we we're doing that. And then they wanted all of them wanted these. Uh, they didn't want any banners or colors or anything like that. They wanted scriptures put around the you know the building so that we're going to affirm the truth and the truth and the truth will set you free. Well, listen, I'm not even saying either one of them was wrong. I, I saw their heart in that. And, of course, this is what they said. We prayed to Jesus, and Jesus told us this is the way it ought to be done. And, oh, by the way, both of them said, and we give our money. So if you don't do it the way we say to do it, yeah. uh, we're going to leave and go somewhere else, and we're not going to give our money anymore. Mm-hmm. Well, I look back at that now and go, you know what we had? And I'm not saying they weren't seeking the Lord, but, number one, I'm really not sure God told them, it ought to be colored banners or scriptures on the walls. Right. I, I'm kind of doubting that at this point, okay? But what I do see... It's called uh, spirit-led manipulation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but what I do say is, is I, I, I had two groups of people with a, uh, with a gathering of people that had a unique personality, a unique self, and they were moving out of that. Well, honestly, I wish I'd have had the good common sense to have that conversation with them back then. Mm. Because, I mean, it was quite a war for a while. And I'm not trying to beat up on churches or anything like that. Just trying to illustrate why there might be some value. And it's just understanding the way God strung us up. And to invite Christ to move in our unique self and everything we do. Well, and it it, uh, goes to the point of of that we're a body, Mm. right? And and uh, you know you know the scripture where the apostle Paul says, well that that you know the head can't say to the foot, I don't need you. Yeah, right. It needs to work as one unit, and and inside um, 
again, the body of Christ, which which is the children of God, right? Um, that we need to work. We we need to work. We need thinkers, feelers, and doers. And I mean, uh, Tim, I uh, you know just quickly, you know, it's a similar example. You know, in a church, a thinker will say, "Well, we need more theology. We need to do better theology and scripture memorization." And the doer saying, "We need to go bang down doors and share Christ with people. We got to get people out there. We got to go." And the feeler saying, "Well, we need more prayer and share times. We got to get to know each other, yep. right?" Well, who's right? Well, all three. Mm-hmm. But I, I had a I had a pastor tell me um, <laughs> that uh, you know a board was talking about something, and 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 I and you know we would say that well, there's thinkers, doers, and feelers involved who didn't understand each other, mm-hmm. and a fist fight broke out among the elders. Yeah, <laughs> perfect. Right. Perfect. I mean, I mean, well, oh, look at that boy. They're being spirit led there. Yeah. But again, that's where coming back to our original question, where where an understanding of the unique self. Um, really helps um, in in every situation, really. Yeah, and I think what we're all saying is any unique self, no matter what it is, it's precious. Yes. Absolutely. All of them are great. Doer is great. Thinker is great. Feeler is great. Everybody's a 10. Yeah, all of them is a 10. Nobody's a 9. Nobody's an 8. Nobody's a 7. Everybody's a 10 because it's the way God made you. Right, and I realize we're going to bring this down. I mean, we're going to wind this down here in a minute. But, no, I really appreciate you saying that because – on occasion, and you've all heard this, so I'm not mm-hmm. saying anything. This is not unique to me. I've had people say, "Well, you know, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't want to be labeled as one thing or the other." Yeah. Well, you know what? Uh, I do want to be labeled when I'm under pressure. I told you my doer goes yes, way up. Yeah. I do want to be labeled as a doer during that mm-hmm. under the control of Christ. Oh, now, absolutely. Do I want to be known as some tyrant that's just bullying people into doing things? No. No. But listen, what I really want is to be known as a man that has caught the wisdom of allowing Christ to use me, to flow through me, to work work in me, me, Mm -hmm. uh, in the reality of what he designed me to be as a uh, whatever unique self that I have. Yeah. And so that's really important. Yeah, I, I agree, uh, Tim, with that. And because some, and I've heard this before, and I'm, again, mm-hmm. I'm sure you guys have heard this, and maybe our listeners out there, um, is that, well, I don't like labels. So don't call me a thinker doer, a doer mm-hmm. thinker, a feeler doer, right? Because I don't want labels. Well, I mean, it's only a label if you allow it to be a label. Yeah. What, what we're just saying is we're recognizing God's uniqueness and how He's made you. Absolutely. So if you feel like, uh, well, you just told me earlier, though, Chad, that uh, doers are belligerent and obnoxious. Yeah, I'm saying that in the flesh, but that's not who you are, yeah. mm-hmm. right? That's not a who you are. Um, um, that's your behavior in the mm-hmm. flesh. That's a good point. Right? As a doer, actually, you have a beautiful temperament, right? Yep. You're a leader. You're a pioneer. You right. don't mind charging forth, and, and, and you don't mind leading a team because not right. everybody likes to lead, right? Mm-hmm. And so um, the whole label thing, it's only a label. And as I share with people, if you allow it to be a label, yep. right? So it's not the unique self test fault, right? <laughs> right? You made the choice to believe that that that's who Absolutely. you are. But there, there lies a, a deeper issue: is that well, where are you going to find your identity? In? Yeah. Well, before I close us off, know anything else uh, you want to uh, that you have as thoughts you want to share in closing, and then I got a couple of closing comments. I guess not. Uh, well, I guess so. I, I just have one, you know, with the personality thing is it does help so much in relationships. Mm-hmm. You know, just knowing each other's... I mean, it, it's helped me so much. And I know, you know, traveling around with Chad, yes. 
Mm-hmm. You know, we've helped a lot of people with just that test. Yep. And it's helped so many marriages just with that right. one test. Absolutely. You absolutely. know, and they can see the Lord in it. So it's mm-hmm. really cool. It is. It well, is neat. that so, they're unique. Absolutely. Absolutely. And so here's what I would tell you. If you're listening, the truth is Abiding Life Ministries is not all about the unique self and everybody becoming psychologists. That's and right. Becoming Definitely right. not. Yeah. I mean, that's that's not our focus. That's not the purpose. Our focus is on walking with Christ moment by moment. But if you happen to see value in this, you see how the Lord might be able to use it, whether it's in your marriage or how you interact with friends or, frankly, your if you're from place? a church, your workplace, any of that, if you think it would be of value, and I'm going to tell you, I use it in my own marriage. I use it in my ministry life. I use it with my friendships all the time. I don't counsel somebody without them doing it. Absolutely. That. Yeah. Absolutely. And to be honest with you, um, when I'm arrogant, I presume I'm right. And this test God has used in my life to sort of remind me that the world does not see all of life through my eyes. Yeah. And that's the way I'm just being honest with you about yeah. how it's been used for me. Forget ministry. Forget that I do this or that. Uh, I, it, it's really helped at least. It, it's almost like I told one guy, it's almost like it's the white lines on the side of the road for me. It's, it's sort of kept me in the lane to be aware of when I'm going off track thinking I'm right and the rest of the world just needs to see life the way I see it. Yeah. So, But if you're like me and you see it has some value for you, you're going, I wonder what this is about. I've never taken a unique self-test. Noah uh, talked about it earlier. I'll remind you again. You can go on the website, www.abidinglife, that's A-B-I-D-I-N-G-L-I-F-E.com. You can go on the site, and there's a place where you can actually just uh, go on products, go to the store, Click on it, and you can get a little booklet. It tells you exactly how to take the test, and it goes into a lot of material, including things about how how this affects parenting, which is really cool. Mm-hmm. Or you can also go on the website, and Noah, uh, tell us about how that works in terms of the test that's on the website. Just Do they just go on and click, or is that, isn't that it? Just go and click on the test, take the test. Yep, and, uh, yeah, if you, you just if, take the test, and it, I think it shows you the... Uh, results and if you want more, you got to pay a little bit. Absolutely, and explain a lot Absolutely. more about it. Your... And if you want more information, again, there's a whole booklet that's got uh, just a lot of really practical. This is what it looks like in everyday life, and so I'd it's really not, encourage yeah, you. It's not a big read either. J- no, j- just no, for it's... for those of you who don't like reading out there, there's a lot of diagrams in there and a lot of pictures, just yeah. helping to explain what we're talking about in the unique self. Absolutely, so and it's the... not going to take you hours on it. Absolutely, and so honestly, if we talked about the unique self in relationship to children, which maybe. We'll come back and do that sometime in terms of raising yeah, your kids. Absolutely. Uh, I honestly, and I'm not going to get into it. I saw Noah do a beautiful thing the other day with his thinker daughter and, um, uh, you know, just ask her to write some things down. Well, I mean, that's like offering candy to a thinker because yeah. they can get their thoughts yeah. on a piece of paper and all that. Well, so there's this whole other cool thing about how you can interact with your kids recognizing what their unique self is. And so maybe that's another podcast down the road. But I want to say personally, Tim Lester at Abiding Life Studios, uh, I appreciate you being here. Chad and Noah, thank you guys for sharing what you've shared. Yeah, that yeah, was, it's that been was a fun. great, great, uh, great time, you guys. I'm glad to be here with you. God bless you. God bless. Yeah.